Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Speaking of Darren Aronofsky, we're gonna I'm gonna go see the whale when it comes out. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm probably gonna go see that one too. I don't love Darren Aronofsky movies overall, but I'm like, fuck Brendan Fraser, man. Gotta gotta show that dude yeah. some love, man. He's <laughs> back in a theater, finally. <laughs> it's about goddamn time. Like, he's one of the coolest fucking dudes in the world and just so goddamn nice and sweet, and I love this dude. He's so charming. Like he it it doesn't surprise me that, you know, like he's he's in Encino Man and suddenly he's he just he just went from never heard of the guy to just massive celebrity because he's so goddamn charming. And I love Encino Man. That movie's fucking horrible, but I it is. <laughs> it's so bad, and he's so fucking good in it. Like it's so it's so iconic though. Like there's nothing. Uh, like I I don't watch any of that movie and go like. You know, I've I've repeated all. I still say wheezing the juice constantly. I, I make that joke all the time. And if I'm like moving, if I'm moving down the aisles, like trying to trying to grab something, I'm like cruising, cruising, and nobody gets it because I'm old and nobody's seen that movie. Nobody has referenced Pauly Shore in 20 years. And every time somebody has a burrito, I'm always like meat group. I'm like what? Every time storm. <laughs> Last night, literally last night, every time Storm asked me how long to put the microwave popcorn in, I go, two minutes. <laughs> He's like, what? It's not two minutes. Exactly. It's at He's least like, three. <laughs> He's like, why do you do that weird accent every time you say that? You know, I'm like, and, and those, see Encino, man. And those two actors in, in that in that store show up in fucking everything from like that moment on. No, we's in the juice. All the time. I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> it's not a good movie, but it's one of those no, it's, it's one of those bad movies with so many iconic one-liners that you have to just say them over and over and over again. Nobody remembers the movie. They remember Shoe Fly Don't Bother Me or Taxing My Gig So Hardcore Cruster and when somebody hurts... You, you really latched onto Pauly Shore in that movie hard, didn't you? <laughs> yes. When somebody hurts my ear, I go, "Ow, señorita, that was my lobe. I didn't do it. They started the whole thing." <laughs> Oh, and I say the cheese is old and moldy a lot. That's a line I remember but never quote because I can't remember the Spanish for it. That would be better if I could say it in Spanish. The cheese is old and moldy. Where is the bathroom? I know the where is the bathroom part. I don't remember the cheese is old and moldy. I have a shitty old DVD of Encino Man. That's one that like Vinegar Syndrome should get a hold of. It's not quite as like weird as Tammy and the T-Rex, but it's kind of right there in that thing. I would love to see them release that movie i don't think they will but i would no. love to see it i have a shitty dvd of it and it's like in the fucking box it's real weird looking oh with the with the cardboard front i don't know what the case actually looks like i i have it in my oh it's one of the oh it's okay in my, that's it's my loose ones that's what you meant by the box yeah it's in the boxes in like on the tv yeah <laughs> like it like a tom and Ton transfusion it looks like that oh oh you meant <laughs> it's in the full frame edition nobody okay. nobody gave enough of a shit about it they're just like here fucking buy this Wow. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah, it sucks. That is a bummer. You know, it's interesting that you mention full frame movies and movies that haven't gotten a modern release because my edition of Trapped in Paradise is it isn't just full frame. It has the widescreen on the other side. So I have to always keep it on the flip side. So when I open it up, it's with the, you know, it has like that little ring label. 
that they used to put on that that early gen DVDs when it have widescreen on one side, full screen on one the other. And so the label is always face down because that's the side that has the widescreen on it. And I checked online and it's never gotten a new release. There is no Blu-ray. There is no I mean even even the DVD is just the old DVD. Like that's the only version there is out there. So I was actually having the thought just yesterday, God, I wish somebody like Vinegar Syndrome or somebody would pick up Trapped in Paradise and release it because I think it's a great movie that deserves a modern release like Encino Man. I mean, it's not not necessarily a great movie because it's not good per se, (laughs) but it's really, really fun to watch like Encino Man. That's the perfect segue into 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 us talking about said movie on this show which you are listening to now which is sharks across hollywood oh that felt natural usually the intro would come before that but but and when we bullshit before i do the intro and then i'm like i'm just gonna cut everything out before the intro but it all it all felt really good talking about brendan fraser and encino man and shitty 90s movies and all the stuff that's quotable i've never seen this movie up until now trapped in paradise by the way i know you mentioned that but just in case people weren't fucking paying attention to your sultry voice maybe they'll listen to my annoying one yeah in case they they didn't read the the uh episode title when they turned this episode on they were just like fuck it sharks across hollywood let's listen who cares what they're throwing at us oh yeah the five people that know what fucking trapped in paradise is (laughs) that's just me saying that's what i'm saying it's an underseen movie i'm not again not trying to say that it's some great movie but it's a it's a great holiday movie it's a it's it's a fun it gives me the feels it puts me right in that christmas spirit i love it i liked most of it there's a couple things uh like this thing could could have been summed up in a 20 minute sitcom episode the whole the whole two hour movie well i'm not saying that it couldn't (laughs) be done but i don't think it could be done as well because i think nicholas cage really now granted i have my problems with this movie specifically dana carvey but uh (laughs) because <laughs> i because i fucking loved that dude when i was a kid and and i loved him in this movie when i was a kid but jesus christ as an adult watching him i'm like are you playing to the just the kindergartners in the room like this is a pg-13 movie you realize that right like theoretically everybody watching this movie is at least 12 or 13 or older and you're playing to grade schoolers well i really need to point out something that i just fucking noticed which is i am in this movie yeah <laughs> There's an Andrew Miller in the movie. Yeah. Deputy Myers. I'm not sure which fucking deputy that is, but I'm there. I'm in it. Well, there you go. See, this movie was made for you, Andrew, or at least with you. I want my fucking royalties for being in this movie, motherfuckers. That's why they're not releasing the the Blu-ray is they don't want to have to pay your back royalties and they figured no one would notice as long as they never reissue it. I don't even know where to start. You know, Dana Carvey. <laughs> we we could we could talk about Dana Carvey. Uh, okay, let's talk think, about Dana Carvey. Do you think he was preparing for his role in Master of Disguise because he's doing that weird turtle face the whole time? Yeah, uh, that's actually right where my mind went is to his other most annoying movie I've ever seen uh, is Master of Disguise. I'm like, dude, like, th- this... His performance in this movie is the equivalent of Adam Sandler doing this guy. <laughs> well, in fairness, I'm like Adam stop Sandler, fucking doing that shit to both of them. Adam Sandler was coming up real hard at the time that this movie came out. Sandler was on SNL at the time, I'm pretty sure. Dana Carvey was on Saturday Night Live with Adam Sandler, wasn't he? They were on it together for a short while. I don't I think he was only on it until 92 or 91. I don't know. Him and Lovitz were on it together 
for several years. And so it makes sense that they got paired up for this movie. Like, I think this was meant to be a Dana Carvey, John Lovett's vehicle, but Nicolas Cage just ends up ruling the entire fucking movie. In all the movies that he's ever in, for the most part. (laughs) He's fantastic in this. I absolutely love it. Like, from that very first scene where he finds the wallet and that, that... Where he's like in in the entrance to the subway station and he's going through the wallet's contents. And he's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And you know, counting through all that money, the photos of the wife and kids and stuff. And then he's like, and he walks off camera and then he walks back back on camera like, I, 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 I. <laughs> it kills me. He's great. He's, he's so good in this. He is always good. And everybody's like, you know, they're okay. Dana Carvey does have one line that actually made me laugh pretty hard when they're driving the car and they're, and after they get done at the bank and Nicholas Cage goes, if I had a gun, I would have totally fucking robbed that place right there. And then they're like, okay, we, well, maybe there might be guns in the back. And then they open the yes. truck and he goes, oh my God, guns. And uh, that <laughs> something about that just made me laugh. I don't know. I agree. That is one. Of, he's got a few lines in it. The uh, the line where he's driving off from the bank and like the timing of it is just so perfect. It, and that admittedly is down to the editing, you know, of the movie. But when he just looks back over his shoulder at the guy who just hit him is like, kiss my ass and then drives <laughs> off just as they get to the door like that. That was perfect comedy timing you do what i do you do what you do and i do what i do that's what he says a bunch that's his yeah repeatedly yeah and he'll even sing it why does everybody sing in these movies that we keep talking about i guess we've got a type and they always sing in the car i guess they do always sing in the car what all the friday the 13th movies people are singing in the car right before they get killed in this movie people are singing in the car well one guy's singing in the car no the mom is singing in the car oh shit she's singing in the car too what the fuck we've watched a lot of movies where people are singing in cars it's weird and when they're and when they get picked up after their accident they're they're all singing in the car what the fuck yeah there's at least three instances of singing in cars in this movie strange must be a sharks cross hollywood thing what can i say weird science Power Rangers, Rocky, and singing in cars. No, fuck it. The wallet scene. I really like the wallet scene. It's really funny. Picks up the wallet. I, 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 He is pretty subdued in this movie compared to some stuff. Like, he did Vampire's oh, well, Kiss like six years prior to this and him just freaking out that running down the street. Everybody cites Vampire's Kiss because it's so fucking over the top, but... You know, like that was like one particular movie and he was doing a thing for that movie. It's not like that obviously is so extreme that it's kind of hard to top, but <laughs> he's he's pretty like he's making decisions in this movie. He's 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 doing things. He's making acting moves. Oh yeah, he's yeah. I no, really like it. It all seems pretty deliberate on his part. Basically any scene where he's talking to Alvin is just <laughs> like fucking forget about it. Like he's so he's so on edge with him and just done with his shit as soon as they walk out the gate the answer is no just like first words to him it's fantastic he goes to confession like right after he does the wallet thing and he's like <laughs> he he decides he's like i did give it back but it like i almost didn't like <laughs> that's very catholic yeah you did the right thing but you almost didn't so you need to confess that you almost didn't yep because he thought about doing the wrong thing oh no that and if you if you know your bible that is as much a sin as doing the wrong thing well, that, so you can't even think a negative thought, huh? That's unfair. You can't want to do the wrong thing. That's Wanting it. to do the wrong thing is tantamount to doing the wrong thing in the eyes of God. All right, that's really stupid and complicated. And then, so well, we are, I mean, it, we are it's, all just it's, terrible people. It's based on, 
it's based on a true premise, which is that every bad action starts as a bad intention. The thing that a lot of religions or a lot of religious people miss out on is that the point of that isn't to heap condemnation on people. The point of that is to say, because we're all just as guilty as everyone else, we should all be understanding of everybody's failures and forgive people. Nope, if you do bad things, fuck you. No, if you think bad thoughts, fuck you. The fucking priest is also, like, Nicolas Cage uses a big word that I can't remember, and then the, the priest is like, how many letters is that? Transgression. Transgression, that's right. And he pull, it, it cuts to him, and he's doing a fucking crossword puzzle. And he's got the newspaper. It's and- actually a clever joke, because it it gives us a chance to see that he, like, it justifies the newspaper and him revealing that you know, uh, uh, Bill's brothers could be getting a parole early, but at the same time, it does it through a joke. That's good storytelling. It's a little sitcom because right when we, right when we it learn, is. Hey, they, they might be up for parole. We cut to John Lovitz and Dana Carvey. Just, <laughs> I wrote down doing what they do in a parole hearing. John Lovitz yeah. is being all John Lovitz and Dana Carvey's doing whatever the fuck that thing is that he's doing. I could really do without this scene. I mean, I understand it's necessity within the movie, but whenever these two are on their own, they need they need Nicolas Cage to mitigate them. And the two of them aren't bad actors. I've seen them do stuff that's not bad. Yeah, they can play it more subtle, but they weren't being paid, apparently, to play it subtle. They were being paid to bring the high, broad comedy because, wow, are they trying hard. I, I mean, no discredit to them. You know, they, they, this is what they were hired to do. I'm not trying to shit on them on a personal level. They got famous for doing this stuff. They were hired because they do this stuff. And the director was like, hey, do that stuff that we hired you for. So I get it. It's just aged fucking hard for me. Like my <laughs> sense of humor does not embrace this stuff anymore. It didn't annoy me or anything, but it's like, uh, yeah, we're it doing this. the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, it still annoys the shit out of me. But the rest of the movie... I enjoy so much that I can get past it. Somehow, despite all the shenanigans going on in this office, they do manage to get out on parole, even though the the people doing the meeting are like, well, you're a kleptomaniac and you are a pathological liar. So why should we let you out? Uh, I don't know. And then cut to then being out. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Testament to the problem of prison overcrowding. It's almost like the drug war had... (laughs) <laughs> negative side effects i i know that's controversial oh yeah th- yeah the early 90s especially it's probably peak it was new and cool <laughs> yeah locking up everybody let's get all those let's get all those oppressed people into jail <laughs> oppressed these two are white as fuck yeah that's why they're letting them out oh well yeah that's true that yeah the, they got to get some oppressed people in there the white kids get to leave Nicolas cage says no go fuck yourselves i'm not doing whatever it is and then john lovitz is an asshole and he's like oh look i knew the economy was in the shitter but like look at this abandoned car over here Nicolas cage is like that's mine it's my car it <laughs> does look like a piece of shit like it looks like an abandoned car that that's almost not a joke. But that they need to set up that Nicholas Cage, his name is Bill, right? Bill's character. Yes. Bill is in in kind of a rough financial place, trying to be honest. The funny thing is, I I see now that the car is a real piece of shit. Like, I mean, even the tires are half flat on it. <laughs> you know, if you look at it, but it's a testament to how broke I grew up and didn't realize I was growing up broke. That it didn't look that bad to me when I was a kid. I was like. Well, I mean, it's not a good car, but it's not too bad. I've seen worse. We, we've driven worse. My dad drove worse consistently. 
for my entire childhood. Your parents are doing it right if you don't know you're poor. Yeah, I mean, they didn't just sit around and complain about it all the time and, you know, make me feel like shit. And my mom always made sure that I had clean clothes. Like, I might have been poor, but the kids at school didn't know I was poor. So they're in the car, they're driving, they're fucking talking about this dumb shit. Lovitz brings up this letter written, given to them by this guy named Mizuchi in jail. And it it talks about, oh, wait, we don't know what it talks about because... (laughs) (laughs) Because he hands it, he hands it to Bill, and he's like, "Nope." He throws it out the fucking window, and he's like, "That's fine. That's fine. I have a second copy just for you." And then that interaction is really good because, like, I, I mean, it's kind of a two part thing, and it's one of the it's one of the times when you see how good Lovitz can be because Cage is great. Like Cage gets the letter from him, and he kind of he kind of looks at it like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm considering this," and then he immediately flicks it out the open window very nonchalantly, and then goes right back to driving, and then. Lovitz comes back with, I sense resistance. (laughs) And his timing is perfect. And it's like, okay, this is why we like John Lovitz. That right there. Because he's funny. They're all funny. Yeah. Wayne's World is one of the best comedies of the early 90s, at least. Like, like Dana Carvey is awesome in that movie. (laughs) Yeah, Wayne's World is great. Then we get the ring dings and milk scene. I don't know what the hell a ring ding is. Uh, I think it's it's like a cross between a donut and a ding dong. Okay, that but makes sense. But I could sense. be wrong. I, I like it. It, yeah, I could be wrong about that. Ding dong, like comes into my head. <laughs> Ding dong comes into my head. <laughs> uh, I'm an adult. By God, we are twelve. <laughs> this movie was tailor made for us. Dana Carvey is yeah. playing to us. John Lovitz and Dana Carvey are both in this in the store. I don't know why Bill would let them fucking go in there by themselves. Oh Jesus! This fucking scene. But he's sitting there in the car. He sees Dana Carvey, whose name is Alvin, by the way. Like taking money out of the register and shit he gets up goes in goes in goes inside pulls all the money out of his coat puts it back in the thing the lady running the store she's like get out ah please the fucking the cops are awfully quick it's, to pull their the guns way, out it's the way alvin does it right he goes in there and obviously the cashier is away from the cash register checking something in the back or something and he leans over the cash register which is in the front window and he pulls out the cash he not he, he not only pulls the cash out like there's no subtlety to the way he does it <laughs> he pulls it out and then he unfurls it like a peacock's tail <laughs> to just show the entire street what he's doing and then by the time bill gets in he's still got it fanned out and he's trembling like he's having an epileptic attack or something like he like he's (laughs) he's ridiculously over the top in this scene and i'm just like fuck dial it back dana carvey what the fuck is going on with you no like he can't they could they could have played that great right he could have been subtly taking the money out and and bill could have seen him pull the money out it would have been obviously what he's doing but he's if he's a kleptomaniac kleptomaniacs learn to be subtle or else they get caught immediately yeah but it's not as funny if he's subtle i disagree i think (laughs) i think it can be way funnier and i think dana carvey has the comedic timing to make it way funnier playing it more subtly but i don't think the filmmakers had any confidence in him specifically because they cast him for you know one of his most over the top type of characters and it's funny because there are subtle performances in this movie there's a lot of subtle performances actually or at least more subdued than that like that is just 
like like if you if you go back and you watch it when bill walks into the store he is stand alvin is standing there with the money fanned out and literally trembling so hard that it's like this well even, even he mellows out later on like yeah, when- it's fucking ridiculous and and that's i think the only reason that that i can make it through this movie is because he's not like that the whole time again he says some really funny shit like his obsession with scallions is weird but it's kind of it's kind of it's so out of left field that it's funny to me oh we'll get to scallions because i got shit to say about that believe me okay all right so the i'm cops- not saying i'm not saying you're wrong you're not wrong it's not unfunny it it is funny but at the same time it brings up a gaping plot hole in this movie oh okay okay so the cops are again like i said quick to pull their guns on these random people that aren't fucking really doing anything they're leaving the store and the cops just turn around boom guns like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, the 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 sh- the shopkeeper lady is trailing them out of out of the store, and then she sees the cops and yells for the cops. As soon as she yells, they turn and without seeing anything, are already starting to draw their guns. And then they've got their guns out, and it's like, Jesus, is it any wonder people don't like the New York police? Uh, yeah. And then you know, there's a little, there's a chase and all that shit. Then Nicholas Cage, he, Bill, he pretends to be a cop, and you know, Sergeant sh- Dickman, off duty, Queens. Sergeant Dickman, yes, shenanigans. He bluffs that he's um that he's a cop and tells the rookie to bring the squad car around. Oh yeah, and he and does the the thing. I got the mayor breathing down my neck because of fuckers <laughs> like you or whatever. I'm like, wow the mayor huh okay they go home and they talk to their mom the three that these three are brothers by the way they look nothing alike yet they're all related and then their mom is the most italian woman you've ever seen yeah and uh she misses all of the quote-unquote creature comforts that she used to have before the two boys got locked up and bill's like yeah but they stole all that shit and she's like no they didn't steal that stuff again very italian mother uh then this is where we get the we get the letter and the letter says something about a guy in prison the mizuchi guy asking john lovitz and dana carvey's character to go to paradise wherever the fuck pennsylvania pennsylvania and to visit his daughter and you know ask her or beg her i guess to come and see him because she hasn't come and seen him in a while you gotta play that last bit about the I know you guys ain't supposed to go, but if you don't do it, I'll rip off your heads and shit down your throats. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the letter. <laughs> the way she chokes up. It's so perfect. I know being on parole, you're not supposed to leave the state, but you two bastards owe me for all the shit I've done for you. And if you don't do it, I promise I will somehow escape from this place. Track you down like dogs. Rip off your heads and shit down your throats. We we get a soft setup for what's about to come. Bill goes to work. He's the manager of this n- pretty nice-looking restaurant, yet he, yeah, he, he I, can't afford a car that's not complete shit. Well, it is. He does have to live in New York, so, you know, those fair, rent prices. Oof. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. John Lovitz shows up and tells him they can't go home because there's a bunch of cops because uh, Bill had dropped his wallet when they were getting chased earlier. More setup coming for that. I love that they're... That they're that he completely and granted they kind of make it to where his character is a little obsessed about that kind of stuff and you know the scene where lovett says to him you know there are eight million stories in the naked city bill and not all of them revolve around you (laughs) and the idea that for a guy who was walking out of a convenience store that his brother took money out of the register and then they gave it back that the cops would send two squad cars 
with sirens blaring <laughs> after him law in new york city in the early 90s before giuliani came in and commercialized turned the whole thing into disneyland like really you're that self-obsessed that you find that plausible yeah but it's he, guilt it it's the guilt he's got the guilt and that's what sells it the catholic guilt the catholic guilt so the three of them run they they, they run they drive uh i can't remember exactly what happens but i do remember nicholas cage yelling at john lovitz about the fucking who me expression and the way he puts it is really funny and if i can find a clip i'll throw it in there because it, it's 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 a good delivery you know exactly what you're doing and the whole time you stand there with this who me expression on your face doing it right now lovitz's expression is so perfect <laughs> he does this who me face that is just flawless and it helps that he's kind of a chubby baby face looking guy too oh yeah yeah <laughs> it definitely contributes they go to pennsylvania that's their thing they're gonna they're gonna go to paradise to do the favor for the prison guy since they can't go home anyways they might as well and they're on parole so they're not supposed to leave the state so once they get there they're not driving too recklessly i don't think but they almost hit a guy on a horse they hit hit a cop and his horse almost the horse spooks throws the dude and he's deputy timmy burnell and, and he's he's the only deputy who i ever think ever went by the name timmy you know get a bunch of bumbling small town cops and shit turns out he the timmy is the son of the is he the chief or the sheriff he's the sheriff right well timmy's dad yeah timmy's dad is the, yeah the, yeah yes he is the sheriff of of paradise pa Okay, so, and, and the person that they're looking for goes by the name of Sarah, Sarah Mizuchi, but th this fucking cop guy is awfully quick to give information to three strange men about a young lady who works right over there, and her name is not Mizuchi, it's Collins, that's the only one I know, uh, she works right there, she's there right now, you guys can go right in there, you can just, you can, you can do whatever the fuck you want to her, I guess, because it's the bank yeah and she's right there like small town america dude they are going into the bank and if ever there was a small town america scene in a movie this is it <laughs> yeah the security guard's asleep the camera's not plugged in everybody's just kind of happy and whatever and they start looking for sarah mazucci uh and and then alvin is doing his thing he's kind of walking around stealing all stealing the pens eating everything a, <laughs> eating a cookie off of the tree and sarah walks up to him and goes hey those are for the children, and I saw you take all the pens. You can have, it says take one, not take all pens. So she, you know, takes the pens back, and he's like, sorry, fucking whatever. And then Cage does his weird, creepy thing where he's like, I'm gonna, I, I know you, Sarah. I know you. But no, he doesn't, he doesn't do that. He <laughs> no, he walks does, up it's through not really that creepy. Because they have that conversation earlier, because she's not going by Sarah Mizuchi. She's going by Sarah Collins. And Lovitz just wants to get Cage into the bank. So he's like, well, let's go check it out. And he says, he. He said her name's Collins, and Lovitz goes, well, maybe she got married. So he walks up to her. And he goes, Sarah Collins? Yeah. Are you married? Are you married? <laughs> Are you proposing? And I'm like, fuck yes. yeah. <laughs> Shit, I would. And thus Economic begins. In the, in the 19, early 1990s. Yeah. Thus begins uh, shoehorning a romantic subplot into this movie. That doesn't need to be there, and I don't buy for one second. No. I believe he thinks she's hot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is, but, when, but when she kisses him at the end of the movie, I'm like, bullshit. She's just bored. She just likes bad boys. I buy the transition and I buy the because um, they really go out of their way to paint these people as just, you know, really sweet, really understanding, you know, give you the shirt off their backs, salt of the earth, 
delightful people, you know, and uh, particularly the bank manager and his wife. So I buy them forgiving them for it, you know, in the spirit of Christmas and in accepting them returning the money and accepting their apology and accepting that they have become better people, you know, like they're not like we're not the people we were this morning. You know, I, I buy them accepting that I don't buy her suddenly falling in love with him. I'm sorry. It's it's horseshit. Well, we get another sitcom joke here. Bill's like, don't even think about it. It doesn't matter anyways because there's no money in the vault. And then, sure enough, right when he says there's no money in the vault, a bunch of people with money bags come walking in to throw money into the vault. <laughs> Perfect timing. You're absolutely right. That is a sitcom moment, if ever there was one. So they leave the bank. They drive off. And Bill's like, okay, if I had a gun, I would have robbed that place. Because... <laughs> He's obviously just as shitty as his brothers. He was just smart enough not to get caught at that particular moment, I guess. And that is what that whole opening confessional sequence was about, is him saying specifically, you know, it made me realize the wallet thing that I'm no different from my brothers and I could just as easily be led down the wrong path. And he does. He and Because <laughs> Lovitz is like, oh, guns, huh? What if I was to tell you that there's uh, guns in the in the trunk? Oh, my God, guns. This sequence is pretty funny. It is. I, I got to admit, the the timing on Lovett saying, Bill, what if I were to tell you? Uh, like, honestly, I just inserted. What's the matter? What's the matter? Yeah. I'm telling you, if I had a gun on me right now, I'd go in that bank and take that place over. Say, Bill, would you be terribly upset with me if I were to tell you that there may possibly be guns in the trunk? Alvin, pull the car over. I guess they've decided to go rob the bank because they're at this store. It's like a fucking, what, what, what do you call it? Not a, it, it, it's kind of like a weird, I think there's cereal, but there's also, I think masks. they refer to it as a five and dime. Okay. Like a general you know, store. Like basically where you got like a little bit of everything. Alvin is being his kleptomaniac self. He's digging through the cereal boxes, fucking trying to find toys and stuff. And stealing random other stuff which we which we see here in a minute they buy ski masks and a bunch of crap and we meet the two store operator guys whose names i can't remember but it turns out later that they're actually deputies because this i know one of them's name is clovis clovis that's right so they're definitely going to go rob the bank so alvin is going to be the driver and they hotwired a shitty random car somewhere down the line we don't actually see is that dave and bill are going to go inside to do the actual bank stuff alvin is going to wait outside and based based on the way they play it i'm saying bill is the oldest and dave is the middle because dave's got that middle child begging for attention energy and dave has the carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders energy of an oldest child so they they go in they fucking point guns at people they're like we're robbing this fucking bank and then this poor lady is like but you're gonna ruin the winter fest which is this big thing that's happening in this town <laughs> she's like you really want to do this now you're gonna ruin the winter fest and they're like, i don't give a fuck about the winter fest we just want to get in the vault but they can't get in the vault because it's the, locked. Whoever, whatever the bank owner guy's name is, uh, is locked. And he's at lunch, and he's the only one with the key. Uh, that's Clifford. Clifford. Clifford Anderson. Turns out that his wife is the one saying, like, you guys are going to ruin the Winterfest. So they grab her, <laughs> and they take her across the street where he is having lunch so they can get the key. But they were trying to be subtle, but it didn't quite work. <laughs> the, I, I got to say, this sequence is probably the best this movie gets. <laughs> like the whole robbery sequence, I don't think it and even the even the aftermath of them, you know, going to the car and stuff. The movie never really gets this good again in terms of comedy. Everybody's funny in it cuz the uh, 
Bill grabs Alvin, takes takes him into the takes him into the restaurant with him. He asks <laughs> Alvin asks some like old dude here. He's like, "Hold my gun for a second so we can like try to eat whatever this is." What is it called that he's trying to eat? What what's on the guy's plate? Like he's looking at the guy's plate. He's like, "Hey, hold this for a second, would you?" And then he goes down and he get he's wearing a ski mask by the way, with no mouth hole. Yes. But he's got a spoonful of scrabble. All right, that looks tasty. A little salt never hurt. Yum yum. What are you doing? I mean, Scrabble. Don't touch any of that. We're getting out of here. He's got guys. This is the beginning. Okay, so remember, the bank manager's wife is there. Yes. Okay? All these people are there listening to him, but particularly her and the bank manager are listening to him say, it's got scallions, that very distinctive way that he says scallions. Okay, keep that in mind. Now, continue. It's not going as smoothly as he thought. It's too crowded is what it is. They get in there and it is, man, it is wall to wall. This place, clearly violation of all kinds of fire codes, though maybe not for that particular town or whatever. But if if it were in Washington, yeah, it'd be shut down because there is no space between tables. It is like everybody in the table is like shoulder to shoulder or back to back with everybody at every other table. That's how he finally snapped. And the, the bank manager is in the back of the fucking restaurant. My favorite part of the scene is when he finally does kind of freak out and go, this is a robbery. And the waitress lady's like, she starts kind of like shuffling towards the register. He's like, what are you doing? He's, she's like, I'm getting the cash out of the register. He's like, I'm not robbing. I'm robbing the bank. And she's like, the bank's across the street, though. <laughs> like, again, another sitcom joke, but it, uh, that one actually worked for me. It was funny. Like I said, the, this whole sequence, I absolutely love from from the moment they walk in. He's like the the way he how the way Cage just howls that Nicholas Cage howl. <laughs> He ends up having to take all those people from the restaurant into the bank so nobody will call the cops because obviously, duh, that's exactly what will happen. Yeah. And Alvin, of all people, is the one who mentions it. Yeah. Yeah. He had a good idea for once. We got back to the bank and John Lovett's uh, Dave is doing like yoga with everybody but not like doing really yoga he's like all right we're gonna oh and he's he's like telling everybody to like sing and stuff to keep him calm and like take a breath this is how he used to do yoga in prison and shit it's really good for relaxing like when you're surrounded by 10 guys if you ever go to prison you should try it or some shit yeah (laughs) like yeah all right they get back into the bank and he has the key so he opens up the vault so my question is does that does spraying these fucking laser things actually do that yeah i think i think because the uh the water in the mist gives them something to refract off of so so i'm not saying it'll do that on everything you know like a motion detector or something wouldn't do that but like the old school lasers it's plausible how do you think they did it it wasn't fucking cgi they literally had lasers projecting there you know and then he sprayed them and they lit it up all right we're gonna have to try it i'm gonna get i'm gonna get a laser tripwire i'm gonna attach it to a bomb and i'm gonna try to step over it if i can see it (laughs) We'll see what happens. Why don't you just why don't you just try it by taping a laser pointer to a desk and then spraying a little breath spray in front of it? Because I need a little excitement in my life. Oh, that's true. You do. It's not like you have anything interesting going on. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. Uh so uh Bill steps right over the lasers and he gets in there, he grabs the money bags, steps very gingerly 
over the laser again, but then he forgets, oh, I have, I'm have i dragging things behind me. Not really dragging. It's like a, a couple inches off the floor and takes it right through the fucking laser and the and alarm big goes heavy, off. big heavy money bags trip him up. Chaos. They run outside. Alvin hears the alarm. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Like his foot is like dancing on and off that pedal like that whole time. <laughs> And then he drives off, <laughs> slams on his brakes, a bunch of people crash into him, and then what does he... He pulls off because he's so over-eager, and then he slams on the brakes, and of course, you know, it's snowy and icy, like it's northern Pennsylvania, it's loaded with snow, and uh, yeah, just 12-car pile up behind him, <laughs> and then the dude's honking at him and yelling at him, he just goes kiss my ass and hits the gas again <laughs> just as bill and dave get to the door uh yeah though they have they have to run they have to run and they eventually they finally catch up to him and get in the car <laughs> you do what you do i do what i do and he's singing that the whole time not really the whole time but he is singing it. and that's and that's the end of the sequence and uh there are a lot of problems with this movie but that particular sequence is perfect and then we cut to prison and it looks like Somebody's talking about this bank in Pennsylvania that... Speaking of sitcom timing. Yeah, no shit. And then somebody's like, well, why, why, are, you, why are you talking like that? You know somebody's going to get out of here and fucking do that thing. And they're like, one, his little his little puppy dog henchman is like, no, nobody would be able to... Nobody would do that. Nobody would be that dumb to double-cross Mizuchi here. And then sure enough, some old guy's like, hey, remember that bank you were talking about? I uh, just got robbed. <laughs> <laughs> like literally six seconds later. And maybe they, less. Yeah, they obviously know who did it because he, you know, because they're the only ones apparently who he hung out with in jail that fucking got released that day. Do you think those Furpo brothers had anything to do with it? Those rat bastards. And my next note, I wrote down, oh, good agents because the fucking feds show up and nothing good ever comes from that except a couple good jokes later. And we'll get to we'll get to some of that led by uh richard jenkins wonderful comedic character actor richard jenkins who i love he plays the dad and stepbrothers and he plays the guy who uh falls in love with francis mcdormand her her boss or maybe co-worker i can't remember in burn after reading alvin's being dumb again he's driving the car and they're like which way are you going he's like well i'm going north like, well they you... they cut specifically from uh agent Pizer, oh, the feds, yeah saying there's no way they're gonna get out of here especially if they're going north and he points to a map and then we cut to <laughs> they're going <town>. north <laughs> yeah and he's like and then bill's like i know we've seen that building before and then he's like i i just followed the map i made four lefts he's like four lefts is a fucking circle and then they maybe get chased by a state trooper and then they crash the car because you know snow they do and stuff well yeah they do they do don't they but the cops are coming after us the cops are coming after us <laughs> He's so weird. Didn't have snow chains. They don't have snow chains yet. He's, then somebody crashes later and he's like, oh, they didn't have snow chains. They get picked up by this dude who, again, one of the like these creepy nice people. Like if this was a horror movie, they would all be fucking dead. Oh, yeah. He's a total pod person. <laughs> yeah. And he makes them sing Christmas carols in the car because he's like, I'm going to take you to my aunt and uncle's house and they're probably going to make you sing. So we might as well get some practice in on our way there. You know what? That's what we do. We write the horror remake of Trapped in Paradise. Oh, you know what? Those were big for Only a while. They're never getting out. We, we got horror fucking what? Fantasy Island. So, I, yeah. And uh... <laughs> I I actually picked that up from deepdiscount.com. I don't know. They had it for like it. four bucks. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I got to see this. Uh, and then they have the Banana Splits, a horror 
Oh yeah, that. I I got that too. That that actually was pretty good. It's for horror fan. Like you got to be a horror fan. You got to kind of be on board with the cheesiness and the low budgetness. And now um, we're it, getting Winnie I the Pooh it. slasher movies, and there's a Grinch horror parody coming out, and they're talking about doing a Bambi horror movie. I'm just like, what are you gonna do? Please, uh, the prop just crazy the problem with doing this one as a horror remake is nobody's gonna recognize it (laughs) but then at the same time you can just do it as a horror as a christmas horror movie you know but have the exact same setup yep they go to this town where everybody is just peachy keenest nicest folks you ever met and they rob the bank like up to this point it could be exactly the same movie (laughs) except it turns into a saw movie and maybe the feds end up saving him in the end i don't know i don't like i don't like movies where people survive so this movie sucks well maybe maybe everybody dies then they just drop a nuke on paradise Getting no, no, sick no, of this no, no. shit. <laughs> no, no. The Paradisians all survive. Bill doesn't just fucking come up with a tank somewhere and start fucking blowing up houses and shit. <laughs> Mandy meets Trapped in Paradise. Oh, Nicolas I'm... Cage is still going to star in it, though, by the way. Oh, okay. I'm down. I'm into it. But he's he's going to be the cult leader. No, he's still playing Bill Furpo. Oh, he's he's he... still Bill. <laughs> yeah, he's, st- he's still Bill Furpo, except he, except he goes Mandy in it. I'm, I'm into it. So they're in they're in the car singing this fucking singing the Christmas carols and stuff. They eventually get to this guy's uncle's house, and it turns out it's Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Nicholas Cage's reaction. What does he do? Then ah! <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Oh, sorry, I stubbed my toe." <laughs> and uh, the two dudes from the general store thing are also deputies there, and they're kind of like, are they like outside the house or something, following these guys around already? Or I don't think they are yet. Either way, they will be involved here shortly everybody in that house is super fucking nice just everybody's nice they it's kind of making all the furpo boys a little weird and uncomfortable feeling because they're like why are they being so nice to us we just fucking stole their money (laughs) except for dave dave is just like on he's he's just up for it he's he's just immediately like yeah give me a present (laughs) that's right that's right and then uh mr anderson goes hey i recognize you boys from the bank earlier and they're like why 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 what do you what do you mean and he's like oh uh we saw you talking to sarah upstairs they call her sarah upstairs because she lives upstairs in in mr anderson's fucking house so oh that's right and his justification for not suspecting them is but we saw you talking with sarah upstairs so we knew you were all right and then we also meet tripod oh the three-legged dog that just makes me happy so more sitcom stuff there's a kid watching tv and of course it's a news report about the furpos breaking out so we have that and there's a little confrontation with dave and bill and why uh, oh because bill starts it's not the furpos it's mizuchi oh is it yeah, it's a, it's about Mizuchi breaking. Oh, out. that's right. The Furpos don't, don't know break why, out. I'm fucking crazy. I don't know why Dave is so concerned with not letting everybody see that. Like, it doesn't really make sense because literally him and Alvin are the only ones who even know who those dudes are. Yeah, that really doesn't except, make any sense. Except maybe Sarah. I guess if Sarah saw that her dad had broken out, she might become concerned. Oh yeah, there, there, there it is, and that's when uh, Dave is like, "Let's sing some Christmas carols." So he just bur- bursts out into the song. The herald angels sing glory to that newborn king. Oh, that's the spirit we need in this house. Our God, herald angels sing glory. Oh, peace on earth and mercy mild. I can't wait for that newborn. I'm just feeling good. In fact, I'm feeling so good. I'm gonna call my mom. Uh, then they call their mom, but. 
you know what? When they call their they mom, they don't get their mom. They don't get their mom. Mizuchi's there, and he's gonna fucking he's gonna kill them if they don't give him the money or whatever, and kill oh kill their mom, not the, not them, them too probably. But and Bill is trying to get on the line with mom, and Dave is constantly putting him off. And then that <laughs> when he finally hangs up, <laughs> oh, did you want to talk to him? Yes. <laughs> Here's where your plot, big plot hole comes into play again. So they're going to all have dinner together. There's giblet gravy, which sounds gross, but I'm pretty, it's just gravy. But it just sounds weird coming out of Alvin's mouth. Can I have some of that giblet gravy? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure it's pronounced giblet. And then this is where he says, oh, there's scallions in there. I had a theory yeah, and now, that, that I forgot. Now both Ma and Pa, bank examiner or bank manager or whatever, have heard him say scallions in that distinctive way in two settings. I don't see them not putting two and two together and realizing that these three guys who were in the bank earlier and were a little suspicious because they'd never seen him before and were there scoping the place out immediately before it was robbed. I don't see them not realizing after Alvin says scallions, like, and he says it like three or four times. Maybe they didn't during hear this thing. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I don't, no, know, I, don't, I don't buy it for a second. It Either, doesn't ruin the movie for me, no. but it's bullshit. Either way, these people are so nice that the brothers, I think, are actually starting to question question themselves a little bit. Like, oh, fuck, we did something kind of shitty to these very, very nice people. And then as a result, they start trying to justify it by having this conversation that <laughs> clearly makes Sarah mad. Justifiably so. Yeah, she gets up and she's like, uh, hey, motherfuckers, I think the one of the roads are opening up. We can take you to Pennsylvania or Philadelphia or whatever. And you can catch a train to get the fuck out of here. For the listener if you haven't watched the movie they start going on about how well i heard that uh people claim more was stolen so that they can claim more on the insurance and well what about i heard that bank robberies stimulate the economy because like they start going through all this justific justification and shit and the the family is just like setting them straight he's like yeah. no in fact it'll probably shut this little bank down because uh, apparently they use the one big cash deposit every year for like people to have a cushion just in case they can't afford things in the town yeah for christmas and he's like it kept yeah he, he says well that the reason we have all this money on hand is because i convinced everybody in town to open up a christmas club account and he's like and that way everybody has a little extra at the end of the year and it kept main street alive so you know it's like basically <laughs> they came in and potentially ruined an entire small town economy with this bank robbery then we cut to the mom getting basically kidnapped and put in the car and she's just full of attitude and she's really bitchy and kind of awesome yeah she's fantastic um she's way over the top not believable in the least but at the same time i, I kind of don't care in her case because she is so goddamn funny no i wouldn't have it any other way i just remember the one where the guy, I think, he, I think her name's Edna. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, and the guy calls her Edna. She's like, Edna, are we sleeping together? You can call <laughs> me Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Furpa. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And then we also kind of get a hint that those two guys from the store, those two deputies, are also looking to steal the money from the Furpos who stole the money because it's already stolen yeah. so they can get away with it, I guess. Well, I think what happened is they've concocted this idea, and this sort of comes out later, that the, the three Furpo brothers have colluded with the Andersons to steal the money. And so they're going to steal it back from them. And I can't tell whether they're a hundred percent just going to steal it or whether they're justifying it by saying, no, we're going to find it and save the day. 
I can't quite tell. They're definitely giving off vibes that could go either way. I think they're going to steal it because they're dicks. It's definitely possible. I mean, from the way he delivers that line, you see how he was holding it? Just like I would. Close, Close to, to my, my heart. heart. Yep. Like, yeah, okay. They, they, they might be just want to steal it. So then we, after we get a little bit of them, we cut to the bus station where Nicolas Cage, Bill, is trying to buy tickets. <laughs> oh, and he's he told, tells Dave and Alvin to act like they don't know each other. And <laughs> Dave is like, hey, do I know you? And Alvin's like, no, get away from me, you nut. Stop following me and shit. The thing is, he only has like four bucks. But keep in mind that when they left... The Andersons gave them some money just to rub a little extra salt in the wound. The Andersons like, "Were you? Are you guys okay? Do you need any money?" And they're like, "No, we couldn't possibly." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, nonsense!" Here and hands them a wad of cash. But when Bill's buying the tickets, he only has like four dollars. And what I think happened is they each went and bought their own ticket because you know obviously they don't want to buy it as three guys. They don't want to buy three tickets all at once. So I think. Dave and Alvin have already bought their tickets using the money that the Andersons gave them. And now Bill is the last one, but all he has is the $4. And and then he, he goes to dip into the bag of cash, but then the cops walk in and he's like zips it up real quick. And then another, another salt in the wounds moment for old Bill. <laughs> yeah. The lady pulls out her own wallet. The lady behind the counter pulls out her own wallet and gives him the rest of the money that he needs to buy his ticket. And he's like, God God damn it. Like, why are these people like, so fucking lucky nice? You're in paradise. Yeah. Merry Christmas. And then he's like, I think I'm going to go kill myself now. This is actually kind of a fun scene, too. The two the two uh, deputy guys, they end up trying to steal the bag. While the cop, there's cops there and shit. Then Bill sees the gun on one of the dudes in the one of the dudes like waistbands, grabs it, shoots at the ground and goes, oh, my God, he's got a gun in his Nicholas Cagey kind of way. <laughs> It's pretty over the top. The only reason I can accept it is because he's deliberately trying to scare the shit out of everybody. So the Furpos do get a lucky break on this one because the cops like end up tackling the two the two uh, deputies. So they're able to get away with the money still, but they missed the bus. So apparently they're just going to try to take a boat out of town. Okay. Down the river. Down the river. How is that river not frozen? Whatever. We'll just kind of. But it turns out the FBI is already patrolling the rivers with a helicopter. Okay. I don't fully buy this one, but, but I guess you could sell me on it. Because they've said, you know, we're going to block all the roads and, you know, we're going to, you know, the, the FBI is very clearly on it, although I don't 100% buy quite how on it they are immediately. But okay, so that so you got helicopters coming up the river. Now, this does pose a problem for later on in the movie, which is you have two criminals who broke out of prison and stole a car and are on their way to Paradise, Pennsylvania. And there is an APB out for a car Cadillac with New York plates. They even mention it. Agent Pizer says, wait a minute. Don't I, why do I recognize that car? Why do I recognize those plates? You know, and he's like, Hey, there was, there was an APB for a new, for a Cadillac with New York plates. Okay. So they know those plates well enough to recognize them on site. And they've got every road blocked to prevent the robbers from getting out. How did these guys get past that roadblock? Especially with three dudes in the car, remember? Because they picked up Nicolas Cage on his way back in. So there were three men in a car that the FBI is already looking for, but they got into town without even being pulled over. I don't buy it specifically because there was a helicopter on the river. 
Just be along for the ride, man. So again, that's another gaping plot hole that I can't get past. I I can get past it. I still like the movie, but it's not a good movie because of these giant plot holes. So here's something sad. Alvin almost dies. He falls out of the fucking boat after it like crashes or whatever, and they're able, Bill and Dave are able to get to shore but he gets kind of sucked up in the currents well bill and dave didn't fall out of the boat they were in the back of the boat alvin was in the front of the boat and it hits this tree branch and he goes over the front into the water he gets rescued by some townspeople and taken into somewhere like their house or something and he took in a bunch of water so they have to do cpr and of course he spits up the water everything's cool yay it gets intense there for a minute cage is like like afraid his brother's gonna die and he's selling it god this movie this movie's an emotional roller coaster god damn it and the feds end up pulling a car pulling the car out of the river that they fucking that they drove during the robbery thanks to some kids who said they saw it in there or saw somebody like dump it or whatever Um, and they find three ski masks inside that's important that's important save that put that in your pocket for later uh so it's off to christmas eve service and they're not catholic they're protestant so there's no confession in there i love that i'm gonna go to confession they're protestants they don't have confession are you shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go in anyway. Bill gets stopped by Sarah on his way in to the church. And I think she kind of knows what's going on at this point. Oh, yeah. She she figured it out at the table. She probably <laughs> knew as soon as they walked in the door. <laughs> probably, yeah. But she's no snitch, goddammit. Yeah, she tells him to leave because... Uh, she she loves these people too much. She doesn't want them, doesn't want anybody to get hurt. She just wants them the fuck out of there. But then he's like, dude, I like these people. I don't want to leave now because... It's a fucking Christmas movie, and that's just what happens. And then another note about trying to crowbar in this romantic bit here where he tries to kiss her after seeing, like, seeing this fucking gravestone thing for the bank manager's great-grandfather or some shit. And again, I'm sorry, but I just... I, I could totally do without this romantic subplot. Oh, yeah. Like, we can we can get a hint of it at the end. Like, I, I, I'm okay with, like, a hint of it at the end. Like, him going, like, all right, well, what if I stay here? Could we, like, do something? She's like, I don't know. We can go on a date or something. That I'd buy. I'd be yeah, I'd be on board with her being down for him to to stay in town and maybe, you know, like his whole thing about, you know, maybe we could hit it off. Who knows? You know? Like, okay, all right. If if you'd gone that route, but him making the move in the cemetery and then her kissing him at the end. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's bullshit. But we get a we get a cool fucking chase scene in a goddamn sleigh because Alvin apparently <laughs> they found steal time. Timmy's yeah. sled. He found some time to hijack the horse and the sleigh. Timmy's sleigh, the one that they almost killed earlier. Well, in fairness, they are attached, so it would be hard to just hijack one of them. They're ready to chase them, and those two deputy idiots, they're in their car, and the fucking feds like pull up next to them, kind of, like just before the, when they see the furpos going off, and they're going to go chase them. Oh, because the, cle- the feds clearly are getting bad vibes off these guys. Yeah. They do not yeah. like them. Yeah, they, they shoot the fucking tire <laughs> <laughs> they pop this guy's tire, but not before the 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 lead Fed guy, who's I can't remember his name. What's his name? Agent Pizer. Pizer. He's really played pissed by off. Richard Jenkins. Yes, he's really pissed off that he has to be out here doing this bullshit. He's like, I didn't get to fucking see the goddamn thing pop up on the turkey. He's really mad about that. We get a good little chase. They get out of the sleigh. They make it to like the highway, and they're like, we're we're gonna hitchhike. And Alvin's all like, Hey, hey, horsey guy, uh, Merlin, you got you gotta stay here, man. Go be free. Just go go home. Don't freeze to death. But doesn't unhitch him from the sleigh. No, they're going, they're about to try, they're trying to hitchhike. They're trying to just get the fuck out of there. But the sleigh starts like falling into the the snow, the ice breaks and it fucking, and, and it's going to pull There's the horse. There's a pond in. underneath. Ooh, and it makes me sad. And I'm like, we don't. It's not a deep, 
It's no. not a deep pond. It should be said. It's not like the horse is going to drown. It's just he will freeze to death you know, if he gets mid- stuck in there. Yeah, exactly. He'll freeze. It's the middle of winter. The three of the well, well, somebody pulls over awfully quick. By the way, these three assholes are hitchhiking, and then immediately a car's there, and they're about to get in, and then they see the horse struggling, and then John Lovitz is like, "Ah, fuck you. Who needs you anyways?" And then he runs and helps his brothers. <laughs> like just the rudest possible response to this guy who pulled over to pick him up. Three hitchhikers, mind you. Three hitchhikers. Not one hitchhiker, three hitchhikers. Yeah. What I'm saying is this, again, (laughs) is one of those paradise people who is just too nice for their own goddamn good. So this is where they end up in the diner, Bill, Dave, and Alvin. They they saved the horse. We shouldn't. They did. They 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 saved saved the horse. horse. Yes. The horse horse is fine. He will live. All right. And Um, now the horse is parked in a parking space. Yeah. Because they they take (laughs) the horse. Yeah. They take the horse with (laughs) him. It turns out that uh, Bill still has the keys from the robbery. So he's like, guys, I'm going to go. I'm going to, I still have the keys. I'm going to go back to the vault, put the money back. And that's just how it's going to go. And, of course, Dave is like, fuck that. You know, it's our it's our money, too. Like, we should have a say in it. And Alvin, his his tune changes, too. He's like, you know, put my share back. And I'm like, oh, well, that's that's one of the one of the points where he's not annoying. Yeah, and I'm like, I agree. Right on. This, this is a pretty decent scene, I think. Yeah, it's a this is a good the three of them playing off of each other to their strengths, uh, because, yeah, Dana Carvey is a little more subdued in this scene. And uh, John Lovitz is being plausibly his character rather than over the top <laughs> yes. ridiculous his character. And this um, is also where we get the reveal that everything was bullshit. It was all a setup. Bill did not lose his wallet while running away. Alvin stole it so they could set him up to get him into a position to where he needed to go to paradise the cops showing up at the restaurant were not there for him dave had called in a sniper said there was a sniper on the roof what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's nice pre-9-11 everybody yay could laugh at that kind of things yeah pre-columbine (laughs) <laughs> and then, of course, you know, that pisses Bill off like quite a bit. He flips the fucking table over and he's like, put put the table on their tab. And Although I will say uh, for the listener who is questioning, well, that's pretty fucking convenient for them to suddenly have the keys. They actually set it up immediately after the robbery. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he got when the keys they're dumping never, the car. Yeah. I can't remember if we mentioned that or not. We did I not. I totally forgot that they actually get the keys themselves. So Bill is outside. He's trying to find a ride. Uh ends up asking a couple people one guy he's like you you going you going to new york he's like no he's like you no, going he south you going to paradise yeah and he's like no i'm going i'm going i'm going to new york and he's like where were you 5 hours ago but then he ends up asking these two guys for a ride and it turns out it's mizuchi and his little little friend and you know because bill doesn't know who the fuck they are but dave sees them oh they put their mom the oh, mom yes. in the trunk they did put we, the mom in the trunk about that? no i, I kind of had... skipped right over that they had done that quite a while like quite a few scenes ago because she just wouldn't shut her fucking mouth and she was just bugging them dave and alvin end up seeing this so they run out they try to stop it but they they can't oh fuck oh god we cut back to you know bill and the mizuchi guys in the fucking car and there's something banging in the trunk and he's like what the hell is that i heard that and they're like oh no it's just a shitty car or whatever it's been making yeah, noises the whole time they're just playing it off they're like oh yeah we didn't even notice that we've been hearing that all night they get to talking about do you have a girl do you have a picture of a woman in your wallet?" It's like no just my mother he's like i have a picture of my mother in my wallet too then nicholas cage goes well let's compare in his weird nicholas cagey <laughs> delivery that is they really shoehorn that one in like it is not subtle first off the way they get to the photo of the wallet cage is going off about how he met this woman and okay all right that's fine and then he's like what's the name sarah obviously the name of his daughter he's like you got a picture and then he goes 
man, do you have any idea how long it's been since I've had a picture of a woman in my wallet? Other than my mother, yeah. I mean. And then the guy in the back seat leans in and he goes, you got a picture of your mother in your wallet? I got that same picture. Who the fuck manufactures a connection out of having a picture of your mom in your wallet? It's ridiculous. It, uh, it's not the worst crime this movie commits, but I don't buy it. No, no, but it, it's kind of, it's a, still a funny scene, regardless of the, the logical jumps you kind of have to make here. The humor is when he is when he shows the picture and not only <laughs> yeah. is the reaction funny, but it's a fucking great picture. Like it is a hilarious just this woman was made for comedy. But the best part about this scene is that when he shows when he shows the picture, they, they now know that his mother is the one that is in the trunk and they pull out a gun. Bill manages to get out of the car. Mizuchi has storm level stormtrooper level fucking accuracy <laughs> with that gun. He, <laughs> Bill is right in front of his face, and he cannot hit him to save his fucking life. Well, I mean, it's not good, fellas, so I understand them making him miss. So Alvin and uh, and Dave then come to Bill's fucking rescue with the sleigh and the horsey. They they, they save his ass. and then... They've been driving long enough to have this whole scene play out at highway speeds. Granted, highway speeds in the snow, but still at highway speeds in the snow. You know, so 40, 45 miles an hour, maybe. And this horse-drawn sleigh catches up two minutes later. It's a Christmas horse. Okay. It has All right. Santa's magic-y shit. And then they're off to the bank to put the fucking money back in the vault. Oh. It turns out uh, Florence Stanley has a long and... Ele- I'm, I'm looking at IMDb here now. Apparently, Florence Stanley, who plays Mrs. Furpo, has had a very long career in... TV and pictures beginning in 1951 and going until 2003, the year she died. She was the grandma on the fucking dinosaur show. The old lady dinosaur. Oh, right on. Yes, she was. All right, I'm sold. I mean, honestly, she would be great if this was the only thing she was ever in. Like, I could not watch this and and deny that this woman is absolutely fantastic. No, she's great. I like her. But apparently she's been in many other things as well. So (laughs) Alvin and Dave pick up Bill. Sorry. So, a little aside there. So these fuckers go to the bank. And now this key ring, by the way, it's like you killed 12 janitors and put all their keys on this one ring. <laughs> if you use the wrong key, the alarm will go off. Yeah, uh, Dave says that he heard in prison that that's what happened. Hey, Bill. The guy in prison told me if you use the wrong key, you could set off the alarm. Why don't you let me do the cracking and you do the jacking? Hey, leave him alone, Bill. Prison's a lonely place. Sure, I heard things in the night. Shut up! Of course, though, they use the wrong key, because there's like 12,000 keys on this fucking thing. They hurry up, they end up getting the vault door open, but there's like a little fucking cagey door on (laughs) the other side. While the alarm is blaring hard i wouldn't like, be able to focus I'm, those alarms are loud and then we and then we cut to the fbi uh situation room and the sh- and the sh- sheriff or whatever he is is like what he's he's on the phone he's like are you kidding me agent Pizer? you're not gonna believe this try me we just got another alarm from the bank and then everybody just leaps into motion they couldn't be less thrilled though to be fucking to be in this small oh. town doing this. Oh, they're so they're so pissed about this whole situation. <laughs> they basically they give up on their plan to like put put the money back into the vault. So they decide to take it to the church. I think is where they take it. The priest is there. Uh, I don't know. They take it to the priest's little. Um, what do they call it? There's a name for that. His altar boy fuck pad. Yeah, yeah. Where you know that, that's attached to the church or right next door to the church. Oh, they're where, not where he's crushing all that sweet. 
altar boy booty. They're not Catholic. Never mind. Oh shit, that's right. Our our apologies then to uh, the Protestant ministers yes. who who are just who are just fucking bitches like God yeah. intended. So they do the right thing. They leave the money there. They get caught by those two deputy assholes after they change the tire. Like we see we see the dude rolling the tire to him, and the guys like, "Where'd you go, fucking?" Himalayas where the fuck did he say some somewhere not close and sure enough yeah 30 seconds later the tires changed and they're pointing guns at the furpos to tell him to get him get him get in the fucking get in the car I just started yeah because apparently the furpos are walking past because you know the furpos are on foot now and they don't have the cash but they're all kind of you know giddy about having done the right thing and they're walking down the road and it just so happens to lead them right by these guys who have just finished changing the tire yes and they're still harboring this notion that the andersons and the furpos are in it all together i really like nicholas cage sitting in the back seat <laughs> going like i better know how to keep you in suspense <laughs> well, he's talking to ed who ed is clearly a little slow just a tiny bit maybe he's not fully on deputy timmy burnell's level but he's he's not too far past it and then the the feds end up seeing that car and they read off the license plate and this part made me laugh because it's such a low-hanging fruit stupid joke d-u-h that's appropriate vanity plates d-u-h-171 location east on main street heading toward river road what, uh, what kind of license plate do you have the <laughs> it's so stupid but the timing is so perfect and the first time you watch it you do not see it coming <laughs> that had that that seems very improv like like he was just kind of sitting there and he just did it for fun and they just kept it they go to the anderson's house they take the furpos in there inside the house everything's already unraveling it unravels the second they walk in mizuchi's there he, the, the dude opens the door he knocks him in the back of the head and he's fucking unconscious for their whole scene here that's that being clovis the uh the leader of the two hillbillies i think clovis is the dumb one and ed is the leader <laughs> ed is leading him by ineptitude uh no i mean clovis is the dumb one Oh, so Ed is the uh, is is undercover intelligent, and Clovis is really the no. Moron I mean, you're getting you're charge. getting their names confused. The one that's acting dumb is Clovis, and <laughs> the fucking smart one is Ed. God damn it! I oh, think. you're right. You're right. Clovis is Clovis is the name of the guy who's a little slow, and Ed is the leader. Ah, uh, okay. All right. I thought you were trying to say like that was your <laughs> no. fan conspiracy theory. No, I'm not that fucking clever. God damn it. So Bill has a good person meltdown as in like, he's like, I just want to be a good person. I just want to do the right thing. And I just want, I, I just love you guys so much. I can't remember what the fuck he says, but either way, he's, he's a good person now. We're not the same people that we were this morning because this all takes place in one day. Well, cause, um, cause Mizuchi confront, confronts him. Like they're saying that there's no money. Oh yeah. Mizuchi's right. saying, are you saying you didn't rob that bank? And then Bill looks over at the bank manager like a like a dog who pooped on the carpet he's like we did but i'm sorry and i swear we're not the same people we were this morning that's right these are good people and then you know he goes off on this thing like it's a it's a really good scene i cry every time it's very heartwarming and very sweet and it's funny the uh the feds show up and there's more shitty trigger control the guy's finger is on the fucking trigger again did 90s movies just not understand that you're not supposed to do that i mean i don't think i don't think the public was as conscious of it and so in the 90s everybody had their finger on the trigger i hate guns and even i know that shit also yep. 
This part of the scene is actually fucking redundant because we already had this reveal a few minutes ago. We learned that the letter is bullshit. That was supposedly written by Mizuchi. He didn't write the letter. Of course not, because it was all bullshit. They made it up. We already had this scene. I don't know why you had to add that extra part in the fucking thing. Whatever. Well, they didn't talk about the letter specifically in the scene. But still. And yeah, so it's it's kind of a ridiculous reveal. It's like, okay, that is the thing that puts you over the top to where you're just furious with Dave. Like it was the letter. It wasn't them getting you to come out here, you know, which we literally covered already. Yeah, he's already Bill has already had his anger moment at, at, at all of Dave's lying. So like this is just kind of gratuitous at this point shit unravels even more eventually the the special deputy the 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 sheriff's son gets a hold of the gun shoots mizuchi he flies out the fucking window because logic is out the window also well he's standing right in front of the window it doesn't make sense that he'd fly out of it but it could make sense that he'd stumble out of it and guarantee you the actor didn't want to risk coming down you know legs first on breakaway glass because even though it's safer it can still cut you if you're not careful then the feds come in there's tear gas there's all sorts of shit going on (laughs) another another fucking funny joke as everybody's like walking out of the house the two fed two feds are left in the thing the the main fed and then another guy the dog comes like limping out (laughs) and they're like we didn't do that did we (laughs) oh like that's pretty funny okay I'm sold. I like that, that joke. Was that joke. was a good one. Not my favorite joke of the movie, but definitely a good one. No, but that made me happy. And I always like, I love three-legged dogs. They're fucking adorable. They are. It's pretty It's pretty cute. Sarah goes to the priest. I'm not exactly sure what her original intention was, but she sees the money and the note that the guys left. I'm not, yeah, I don't know what the fuck, because Mr. Anderson is also waiting outside. Like, I don't know, if, is she well, going there to, like, tell him that she's actually a mob boss's or some a criminal's daughter or what? No, they don't. They're Protestants. They don't have confession. I know that. That's why I was confused. She's going there. She's going there to verify that what Bill said about having given the money to the priest was true. Oh, holy shit. I'm a fucking idiot. That is exactly what she was doing. Although why they didn't leave with the money is a little beyond me. Uh, Why the priest had to show up with it 10 minutes later during the interrogation. Timing, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they were just like, all right, here's the plan. We're going to save these guys. Which leads us to, oh, Mr. Anderson asks Sarah, what did he say? And she basically said that we should just forgive him. That that's what he said. That's what he, that's what she said. He said, well, technically what she said is, it's time to forgive. And then she's like, you're not Which mad Which is a at very me. Hallmark channel way to say oh, it. Oh, fuck yeah. She's like, you're not mad at me for like pretending to give you a, a, giving you a different name and stuff. He's like, no, it wouldn't have mattered anyways because we're so fucking nice. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so now that, that brings us to the police station. The feds asked the lady from the wedding singer is what I called her, who is Mr. Anderson's wife. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, she's... um. She's the flower shop, or is it flower or cake? I can't remember. She is the the flower shop lady, or a wedding planner thing. I I just like her scene in the in in I almost call it the water boy in the wedding singer because she's just naming all these couples that are supposed to last forever that are totally divorced. You can just <laughs> tell with the ones who are gonna last, like Donald and Ivana or Bert and Lonnie, Ike and Tina. <laughs> so yeah. I think the idea there is that Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore's characters are are both divorced at this point. Oh, dude, we need a wedding singer sequel set in like, oh, like post 9-11. Ooh, it's a drama now. Fuck. No, it's set in the 90s because it's still a nostalgia piece. I know. Well, that's a nostalgia piece. No, it's got to be set. It's got to be set. 
20 years later, so it's got to be set in, like, 2010. Oh, what a terrible era for period movies. How fucking boring. God damn. Ugh. Now Sandler's got a got a tribal tattoo around his arm and <laughs> Hey, you know what? The MCU is big now already. We're back at the police station. Fucking wedding singer. Uh wedding singer lady. They're like, Are these the three guys who robbed the bank earlier? And she's like, Well, no. <laughs> Wink. Basically. Well, she's like, I don't know. I, I can't tell. Oh, yeah. They all had they all had masks on. And then somebody comes up with the bright idea. Hey, if they had ski masks, they bought ski masks from us. That was Ed. If they didn't rob the bank or if they didn't rob the bank, where are the ski masks or some shit? And then this is where Alvin's kleptomania kind of comes in handy because he stole he other masks. Yeah. <laughs> Three ski masks. Very cocky, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, he delivers it with just a. <laughs> Was just a yeah. Fuck you. Uh, uh, here's one, two. Can we make it three? Oh, there it is. And then uh, the, the the special shop guy. He's like, spill on aisle three. Spill on aisle three because that that's what made me assume that they were going to keep the money for themselves. Because it's like, do you want to keep on saying spill on aisle three for your entire life? Uh. Yeah, that was a whole scene that we didn't really mention, but was was kind of key to their character development. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. We fucked up. Oh, no. That's it. The show's dead. Sharks Cross Hollywood is over. So the town rallies behind the Furpos, because of course they do. Oh, and then, and then the priest show, or the the uh, the reverend minister oh, the, yeah, the, shows up with the money. Yeah, he shows up, and then there, there it is. Now everybody can have a good Christmas again. Happy birthday, Jesus. And then Richard Jenkins pulls everybody in close. He's like, you guys are getting the break of a lifetime. You better not waste it. And they're like, no, sir, because he's like, all I got you on is a parole violation. <laughs> and Dave's fucking ear to ear grin when the money comes in. Don't give me like, that me look <laughs> again. <laughs> and then we get our next and final, well, our, our final attempt to shoehorn this fucking romance bullshit in there. Everything's done. The, the movie's over. Everybody's got to go to their respective the locations. Gone. It's the next morning. Yeah, so the the Furpos are going to get on the bus, but Nicolas Cage decides, hey, I'm going to go talk to her, and then he does the, what if I were to settle down in a place like this? Could we, like, do a thing? Would you, like, give me a shot there, hot chick? Any girl in her right mind would be like, no, you're weird. Just Nicolas Cage in general. But she apparently likes weird shit, so there you there yeah, you go what's not to like and then the there other... have to be women out there who like weird shit because otherwise i'm gonna die alone dave and uh alvin are on the bus with their mom like i think alvin stole a bunch of paydays the candy bar not oh yeah people's paychecks mom checks his pockets <laughs> yeah. and she pops one she pulls one out she's like this is mine now but but paid for that i paid for that Tell Dave I paid for that. He's like, nope, didn't see anything. I didn't see it. Of course, Bill is going to stay in paradise to try and make something out of his new relationship with this way too hot for him chick. Yeah, I I, I could have accepted it because he kind of has this thing. He's like, well, what would you think if if, if I stuck around here and maybe open up a restaurant or something, you know? Uh, who knows? Maybe we could hit it off. Okay, I could have bought that, but I don't buy them being in love already. Yeah, walking it's a, off holding hands at the end. Fuck off. I'd buy him like doing the whole love at first sight thing because she's really pretty. But yeah, like, but he but he just like her. <laughs> upended her life. It's gonna take an adjust. It's gonna there's gonna need to be a moment for an adjustment. I'm not saying she couldn't be into him, but give me something realistic. Give me something to believe in. Not well. I guess this movie isn't very realistic. That's sort of the whole point. It's a Christmas yeah. movie, and Christmas movies aren't grounded. It's almost Hallmark level, but it's a little better. 
It's definitely playing in that field, though. <laughs> it's a theatrical Hallmark movie. And I don't say that with any hate. I'm all about it. I love this movie. I watch it every year. I don't watch it on Christmas, but it's definitely one of the lead-up movies that I, I watch every year. I never miss it. I think that's Trapped in Paradise. That is Trapped in Paradise, where we're kind of done oh, with it for the most part. We miss one part. We miss one part. At the end, as the bus is driving off, Alvin and Dave are sitting together. Their mom's in the seat in the seats behind them, and Alvin pulls out two more payday candy bars and hands one to Dave. So in the end, they got their payday. Ooh, ooh, symbolism. Check that shit out. (laughs) I had that thought for the very first time on this watching, and I was like, I got to shoehorn that into the podcast somehow. What are your final thoughts? I love this movie. It's not good, but I love it. It's incredibly charming when it's not being annoying, but the annoyance is no worse than any other Christmas movie. I feel like, like Elf, Elf has just as much annoying shit in it as this does. So it it doesn't bother me, the annoying shit. I could do without it, but I will take all of the good shit. Or rather, I should say, I will take the annoying shit in order to get all of the other good shit that this movie has to offer. This movie makes me cry in happiness. It makes me feel things. It, it, it gives me hope. You know, uh, is it false hope? Maybe. But, it, you know, uh, I'll take what I can get at this point. This movie makes you cry, huh? It does. I cry during the I, I cry during the they're good people speech. I think this is a it's it's one of those good, not good movies. It's entertaining. It's fun enough to watch. And, you know, you're not going to feel like you wasted a whole two hours. It's en- it's it's entertaining enough. I liked it. Yeah. I, I probably won't watch it a whole bunch, but it's all right. Well, you know, I, I grew up with it. So that's that's more of a thing. You know, it's like it's got nostalgic value for me as well. If you, you just watched it for the first time, very so. first time. Yes. I, I get not having that same connection, so I could understand why it's not necessarily going to enter your regular rotation. But I love it, and I would absolutely love to see someone like Vinegar Syndrome or Shout Factory or someone release a nice high-def copy of this 30 years later interviews with Nick Cage, John Lovitz, and Dana Carvey. I'd, I'd be very into that. And, uh, yeah, so this is this is our first Christmas episode. Happy holidays. Happy, happy fuck day, ass mouth. <laughs> Yeah, that's the sharks across Hollywood attitude <laughs> the, I, I was looking for, and uh, I think we're I think we're done, and I think maybe it's time to throw a little social media at these. What'd you call them? Uh, ass fuck mouth. faces. Ass mouth. Ass mouth. Happy that fuck was day. It. Ass I knew mouth. it wasn't fuck face. I knew it wasn't fuck face. It felt wrong right away as I said it. Social media. You can follow us on everything at the Shark Pod. Uh, how about Patreon? You can give us some money to hear some patreon exclusives like our 2021 the 13th and our 2022 a year in the asylum this month we'll be talking about fucking sunday school musical which is gonna be an experience what website is this patreon.com slash sharks across hollywood i totally forgot what the fuck i was talking about Leave it to me to completely derail your train of thought. So yeah, give us some money just just so my brain will fart, but I'll have money to use when I'm brain dead. That's a good idea. You are going to need it. I need it now, daddy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're done for this week. <laughs> um, All in, right. In a couple weeks, we will be back with the classic. Not really. It's uh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to we're going to do uh, Santa with muscles starring. Hulk Hell Hogan. yeah, we are. And a bunch of other fucking people, apparently. Maybe this is one of those, maybe that's one of those movies that I'll watch and I'll be like, holy fuck, I do remember this. Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually watched it. I do recall seeing it in the TV guide back in the day, but uh, 
I don't think I ever actually turned it on. I know nothing about it aside from what I've seen in like reviews and I don't even remember those. So, so, well, we'll, we'll find out in a little bit and we'll see how that goes. It's going to be something, but until then stay Jossum. Awesome.